Live from Brooklyn, New York, this is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture very happy to be here very special day for multiple reasons we'll get into that as the time comes but of course it's the boy armand sadler vegan chorizo poppy founder of ball nigga ballers um captain of the munch militia um 10 shades darker Back from Jamaica. Me and Nick had a time. We had a time in Jamaica. We had a time. Shout out to Bose and Tiffany on your beautiful wedding. Um, I'm, I almost didn't leave. Like We was about to start Stay Busy Jamaica out there. But I'm here, here to deliver a show for y'all. So, of course, thank you to all you listeners tapping back in. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel for all visual episodes, YouTube shorts, past busy sessions, or you can subscribe on your preferred audio platform. Leave a review, a like, a comment. Share, engage with us on social media at Stay Busy Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to get some exclusive content, hit the Patreon, patreon.com backslash staybusypod. The link is in our bio. Of course, thank you to Young Prince for joining us on our last episode. The clip went crazy. Uh, I was getting a lot of ball jokes for the for the last couple weeks. Um, but, hey, man, like, you're a hilarious dude. I love everything that you're doing. I really appreciate you stopping by the show. A lot of people enjoy that episode. So besides the jokes, those are some insightful things to gain from it. And, of course, shout-out to the team. Nick Early is in the building, executive producing at a high level, as only he does. We're going to start the GoFundMe um, to the, the, the petition for Nick to, to give us music. Well, we've been waiting. The street's been waiting. I'm I'm still running up hindsight, but hey, like hindsight is 2020. I don't want to look back no more. I want to look at Spotify and see that 2023 and a new song out. So we gonna we gonna pull that song from Nick. Of course, shout out to Kieran, VP of everything the manager cannot see but you can feel, and Shavonda Shields, our VP of engagement and communication. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for an amazing season, team. Now, one of the reasons that this is a very special episode, we, I got my guy here. Now, this is one of the most visible yet elusive men in media, and I say that because we work in the same office, and I can count on maybe two hands how many times I've seen him in the office, but that's it's okay because he be out here doing his thing, cooking on the debut live, Billboard Live, Audio Max Beyond the beat and his Grammy conversations. This brother, a fellow Haitian king, has interviewed pretty much everyone you could possibly think of in music. Like, like literally, like, listeners, think of a name right now. Think of three names. Say them to yourselves, and then look up Carl, oh, I don't want to say his name, look up the guy's name that I'm going to say later, and he's probably interviewed that person that you're thinking about because he's out here. It's always a pleasure to read his captions about the guests that he's had on his shows and how he met them years ago and something that he said impacted them and full circle moments, just a lot of full circle moments in this guy's career. Um, and it shows that he leaves a lasting impression. And beyond that, the pen game is mighty. I want to introduce to you all the deputy editor of R&B and hip hop of Billboard, Carl Lamar. Welcome to the show, Man, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. 
Man, I, that was a that was a rousing intro. I appreciate that. I still can't get over the captain of the Munch Militia. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. that is a loud thaw, and proud, bro. Loud and proud, man. I, I love that, man. I gotta add some AKAs. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it sticks with people. Like people see me, they'll be like, "Yo, vegan trudy so poppy," or yeah. "Ball nigga ballers." Like, you know, shit. Like, it sticks. That is it tough. Sticks. Yeah, I'm gonna add that to my homework assignment. There we man. go. Hey, I, I can't wait to hear him, man. No, thank but you. But it's man. great to have you, man. No, I appreciate it, man. How's how's everything? I'm alive, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I thank you for having me on the show, man. I see what you've been doing. You're a fucking monster, man. Thank you, bro. Like vibe is really like resurrected because of what you, Mark, and the whole team, Amber, what y'all been able to do, man. So y'all keeping a a, 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 a historic brand, keeping the legacy intact. You know that's super important, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. The PMC gang, we're here. We're here. Yeah, you know, well, you <laughs> we know the here. vibes. You know the vibes. Uh, but let's get into this conversation. We're going to start off with the whether you like. So whether you like Microsoft or Google, rice or noodles, mm. Pop-Tarts or toaster strudels, and French Bulldogs or poodles. So Microsoft or Google, which one do you prefer? Google. Google? It was just quick. Like, there's Google, no man. there's no competition. Yeah, man. I'm trying to get that bread, too. Holla at me, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a brand deal now. Holla at me, Google. I'm not going to front. Work has made me more open to Microsoft Outlook. That, that's, that's, what, that's what we use. So yeah, I've... you know what it is, too? I, I think as a writer, I, I'm living on a lot on Google Docs. Oh, of course, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Google's been good to me the last couple of years. Microsoft Outlook's been doing me dirty, man. Yeah? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, you can't ever go wrong with Gmail, so. That's true. Shout out to Google, man. I let the boy. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, rice or noodles? Now, if you, whether it's a soup or whether you out to like one of them like mall Chinese food spots, like is, is you getting your, your orange chicken with rice or are you getting some noodles with that? Mm, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go with noodles. Okay. Ironically, I made like a little shit. Was it last night? I made a dish last night. Chef Carl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made, uh, <laughs> I made a little seafood, a little, a little fake pad thai okay. type of situation. I had some Thai noodles with some uh, lobster and shrimp. That's what's... It was a little teriyaki sauce, a little, you know, cashews. Sound quality. A little, a little something, something. Put the cashews in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Try to be a little fancy. You know what like I'm saying? That. I like that. Got about like a little $15 lobster. Uh, so I'll like, let me chef up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm a noodle guy too. Yeah. Um, but rice is great though. Like it's it's like I feel like they both go with different things. Like Jamaican food, I'm obviously getting rice. Like that it just goes without saying. I, but like, I mean, it's like what she said too, man. Like rice is a whole different kind of beast when it comes to the Caribbean side. Mm-hmm. But I feel bad. I'm, I've been letting my, my Haitian people down lately because I haven't eaten a lot of rice. Damn. It's been straight noodles, man. I feel you. Yeah, man. Carbs is fucking me up. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be conscious. You got to be <laughs> conscious. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, man. Now, when it comes to the snacks, Pop-Tarts or Toaster Strudels? Yo, I haven't had either in years. <laughs> me neither. <man. laughs> like, hey, yo, man. I think I graduated from Pop-Tarts. I used to be a huge Pop-Tart head. Yeah, me too. Um, Man, the s'mores hit different. The s'mores was my favorite. The cinnamon joints hit different. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, Pop Tarts just just for the the nostalgia. Yeah, prob. I don't know. I, I used to fuck up some toaster strudels too. I, used to I, eat I mean, a lot Pillsbury, of, they they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I used to eat a lot they, of toaster. Pillsbury Dome Boy, you know what he's doing, man? Yeah. He out here baking, cooking that rock up, man. Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> cooking that Legend crack up, game. man. <laughs> I, I I probably go Pop Tarts too, but okay. it's, it's 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 not a big gap. It's not a big gap. Um, you're you're not a pet owner, correct? I am not, but not. it's funny, like, on my way here, if you look at my IG, 
yo, the amount of dogs I follow is it's, it's nasty, <laughs> man. Like, I was just looking at a a, a blue staffy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A mom. Like, I, I'm dying to get a dog. Mm-hmm. Dying to, man. Yeah, I've been I've been t- telling my girl like when we move in together, we I'm getting a French bulldog. Like, I'm absolutely getting a French bulldog. I love French bulldogs. So you know what's crazy about that? I actually I'm intentionally waiting to get back in a relationship. That's mm-hmm. when I'm gonna get a pet. Yeah. But I'm scared because if we break up, yeah, who's taking share the dog? custody? You know what I'm saying? Share custody. Who the one bringing? You know what I'm saying? That's tough. Like it, it's gonna get messy, man. Yeah. So it's it's hard. So realistically, if that time does come, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully get a nice blue staffy. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, now between, I'm I'm biased here because I want a French bulldog. But, but between French bulldogs and poodles, I'm taking a French. Frenchy. Yeah, I'm definitely taking a French. I respect. No that. offense to the poodles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Poodles cool. Poodles yeah, cool. Yeah. There's, just, there's a lot of cute ones out here. But yeah, I don't know. Something yeah. about the fr- like French bulldogs look like menacing, but they it's also tough, cute man. as hell too. Yeah, like, man. <sighs> it's super wait. huggable. They they with the shits. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, nah, <laughs> my my girl be sending me videos, so my TikTok algorithm is like French bulldogs, music shit, funny shit. So I'm I'm looking at bulldogs. You know, every you know day. what's so crazy? Like I take pride in my explorer, man. Because <laughs> I know some niggas. Like I can curse. Yeah, yeah, we can. I know yeah. some niggas that got some weird shit. Yeah. On their explore, I never judge. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at my explorer the other day, and I was like, yo, this is pretty clean, man. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like, man. I got some basketball. I got some weights, I got some food, I got some dogs, I got some music. Mm-hmm. It's well-versed. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's just what it is. Like, you, everyone attacks the algorithms in different ways. That's <laughs> <laughs> lovely. You got to make the algorithms yeah. work for you. Um, let's get into a fit check, man, though. The, yeah. the, 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 kicks is, the kicks is nice. Like, let, let the streets know what you got on for Yo, me. man. I, I, you know what? I, I, I was worried about being a poop putt. I honestly <laughs> just threw some shit on, man. I got some retro ones, you know. Good feet. Nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy. Oh, you got to to put them up. There we go. <laughs> little something, something. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's funny. This OVO shirt I haven't worn mm. since OVO Fest 2019. Wow. So I randomly, I'm going through like my clothes or whatever because I had to do a Zoom with LL before my way here. I was like, I need mm-hmm. to fucking throw a shirt on. I found this and I'm like, okay, you know what? This could, this could be a little, throw some black jeans. Mm-hmm. This could work. Real this could calm. work. So something modest. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but it's swaggy, though. Swaggy. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I can't be looking like a poop on stay busy, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> let's jump into this chat. A lot to get to over the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, let's talk some basketball, man. Uh, it's Dylan Brooks and LeBron James thing, and I feel like it's a very good example. I feel like we see these types of interactions in music where, like, a young nigga's trying to come at, at an old nigga. Like, mm. How how do you feel about Dylan Brooks and, and the energy that he brings to basketball, in particular LeBron James with that with that post game interview? Yeah, I think with Dylan, man, like he's doing what a young kid should do. He's mm. trying to get his clout up. You know what I'm saying? He's talking that shit. He's trying to poke the bear, not knowing that the bear is <laughs> arguably the greatest player of all time. Yeah. And my only thing with Dylan is like, yo, bro, it's one thing if you're about to cook. Mm-hmm. You can't be going three for 13, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't be getting ejected, dog. Yeah. Like, he, I just saw an interview, an old interview he did. He's like, yeah, something about Bron can't go left. Mm. The nigga went left to close the game on you, B. First Laker to put up 20, 20, and five. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have some kind of sensibilities, mm. you know? And if you a young cat, just in general, in any arena, do your homework. Do your due diligence before you try to attack a LeBron, a Jay, yeah. 
a Drake mm-hmm. because you will fucking get violated yeah. Yeah. on every fucking level. Yeah. Like, Dylan, you making light skin cats look terrible. <laughs> we are down. We are down. Yeah, a coalition <laughs> meeting. Bro. <laughs> the the, the light skin task force Bro, come together. <laughs> we are down. And I just saw, uh, I heard a report yesterday, too. Like, the Grizzlies, they trying to get rid of them. Yeah. They yeah. were dying to get rid of them. They're, the, the coach said that they're not mature. Like, to, I think he said it either to them or to the media. Like, they're not mature. And it's like, we've seen that all season. Ja, Bane, like, they, they some wild boys. They good. They're good. They got a lot of potential, but they're not disciplined. And they're they about to get scrubbed out the first yeah. round. Yeah. Scary. Scary. It, it reminds me of uh, a couple years ago when Lil Pump and J. Cole were having mm. their little back and forth. I don't remember if Pump thing, yeah. yeah, I don't remember if Lil Pump made a song towards him, but I but I, I know he said something and then Cole got him on nineteen eighty five, cooked oh. him. Like absolutely cooked him. Saltate it's like him. you you could talk. I'm going to use my craft to show you like why you should not be saying anything to me. Similar to what LeBron mm-hmm. did. But you know what's crazy about what, like that whole 1985 thing? Where, where's Pump now, man? I'm pretty. I, I saw you did an interview recently. I think he he's putting out Complex. an album soon. He, but he did it with Complex. Yeah. But you see the prophecy. Like he was one of the rising SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And dude fell the fuck off. Yeah. Respectfully. Gone. Gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yo, Dylan, you might have another two, three in the league, and you cooked. You mm-hmm. clipped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Bron could just blacklist niggas for the fuck of it. Yeah. But it's not even Bron that's going to do it. It's your game. Yeah, it's, it's you. Yeah. It's, it's one thing if Pump was consistently churning out records. And you know, he had the Kanye, the I Love It record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after that, disappeared. <laughs> disappeared. You hate to see it. But I'm rooted for Pump, man. He, he's, he looks like he's not on drugs anymore. He looks yeah. like he's clean. The perm looking fresh. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I want cats to win. Man. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I like the the one thing with like Dylan that I could relate to. I remember being a freshman on the football team. Mm-hmm. I came in talking a lot of shit to like of seniors because it was like you got to establish yourself in the pecking order. You got to let niggas know like they they can't you know um, try to um, what's the word try to like downplay your ability mm-hmm. shit like that. So I get that, but. Similar to what you said, you got to deliver on the court. Like, three for 13 is not it. Like, me, like, I started for the freshman team. So it was like, you know, I, I was talking a lot, but I, I had a starting up. spot. Like, you like you, you you got to show and prove and not just talk. So, Bro, you can't be shooting 30% averaging eight points. Yeah. And you're trying to go against Braun. Now your team is down three games to one. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's been a great playoffs. Me and Nick were talking about it um, before before the, we were starting recording. Like, these playoffs, this is one of the best first rounds, like, all the matchups in – Years, because mo- most first rounds we would kind of just overlook. Like, all right, the, they're they're gonna win at five. They gonna get swept. They might go seven, but most of them it's like we're just ready to get to the next round. I've been like anticipating every single game. The Knicks up three one on the Cavs. Like that shit is crazy. Now you you're a Knicks fan, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that shit crazy. Listen, Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> oh yeah, we calling it. All right, we calling it. We, we if we play Jimmy. Jimmy's going to cook us, but we're we going to win at seven. <laughs> Jimmy's going to average 40, but we're going to win at seven. <laughs> I got to say, man, J- um, J- Jalen Brunson was a great, great pickup for y'all. Like, a lot of people said such said y'all overpaid. Um, I, when he was on the Mavs, I was like, oh, he's nice. Like, he's, he was a really good player, too, to Luka. But seeing him kind of come into his own and really lead that Knicks team, it's, it's, uh, it's great to see. That's like, how light skin cat's supposed to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jalen coming in averaging 24. Should have been an all-star this year. Mm. Um, it was crazy, it wasn't definitely yeah, crazy. Yeah, man, but to your point, this is the most open I've seen. Yeah. Like the playoffs. I, I can't tell you who's going to win the chip. It could mm-hmm. go to anybody. So I'm looking forward to see how that shapes up. For sure, for sure. Let's get to some music stuff, though. This has been, uh, 
A very incessant conversation led by one Jim Jones. Um, Jimmy, <laughs> these 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 top rapper lists. We we, we know a thing or two mm. about top rapper lists. Mm. Billboard and Vibe, but um, we dropped that what months ago, and it's still a topic of conversation February, yeah, among people. Mm-hmm. And Jim has just been on a press run of sorts, going on every podcast, every radio interview, saying like Pusha T's not top fifty on mm. Rap Caviar. He said Big Sean and. NBA Youngboy was ahead of him, and I think he said Mace was ahead of him, too. And then he went on Breakfast Club and asked people if they could name five Pusha T records. And it's gotten to, into this whole conversation of, like, real hip-hop fans. And obviously the the whole Drake of it, because Drake bringing out Dipset at the Apollo show. People think that Jim is, like, dick riding and shit like that. So there's just a lot of different narratives about the whole the whole no, situation. That's huh? That's it. What, you, you think Jim is? No, that's what it is. Oh, I mean, and I, and I love Jim. Respectfully. I love, I love Dip. Yeah. You know, Diplomatic Immunity, one and two classics. But realistically, you know, he also said Drake is the greatest rapper of all time. Is he not? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, to me, no. He's he's number two. Number two, okay. You know, I think Jay's number one. Do I think Drake could surpass him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not mad at that take at all. Mm-hmm. But I think in the case of Jim, it's also like... To your point, he brought him out at the Apollo. Mm. If I'm Jimmy, I'm still hunting for a, a Drake verse because mm. that will put him back on the charts. Um, and I also think he had genuine love for, for, for Drake where he's going to protect him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And obviously one of his adversaries still is Push. Mm. And, I, and I commented on Charlemagne's um, post when he posted the, uh, the Breakfast Club thing. Mm. And I said, yo, when you look at Push's history, you think of what he did with Malice, right? Mm. Hell Half No Fury. It's a fucking classic. Easily. Um, Lord willing, it's a fucking damn near classic. Mm-hmm. Grinding is going, it should be in the fucking Library of Congress. Yeah. And you think about what he's been able to do on the solo side, Daytona, classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the freaking album, uh, it's almost dry. When people, you would debate, it's like best rap, best rap album 2022. A lot of people felt that. Yeah. And then we're not even including his features. Yeah. So I'll I'll say this. Do I think push? I think we are at 25, 26. My personal list, I probably would have brought him lower. Mm. But he's on the list. Mm. He should be on the list to yeah. me. I respect that. Yeah, I, I I definitely don't agree with Jim. Like I respect Push the lyricist. He's obviously someone I grew up with. Mm. Like, um, so I grew up with like but <laughs> grew up listening to I was gonna say, rather me and Push was in the sandbox now. Um but I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah. I, and it's I think it's interesting Jim is using this to like get attention because like there's been a lot of people praising his music over the last few years. Like he's been in this second or third wind of his career where it's like you don't necessarily need to draw this attention to yourself when the music you're putting out has been so good. He's done like what two DJ drama collabs in the last couple of years. Like he loves the sport, man. And you yeah, know, I I was able to talk to Jim and, and Hitmaker. I think that's one of the best projects this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jim, the last I said this to Jim, and I have no problem saying this on the record. Like I think outside of Nas, I think the last eighteen months, Jim is probably in the top five when it comes to vast improvement mm-hmm. and in in terms of musicality. Yeah. Of what he's been able to deliver, like sure. there was a point where Cam was considered that go-to guy of Dipset. Mm-hmm. If you look at it in a totality sense, I think you have an argument that Jim is now the elite standout rapper yeah. of, of Dipset. Yeah, 
just because of his consistency mm-hmm. and him getting better project at the project. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting case. It's been funny. The The discourse has been kind of annoying, I'm not going to lie. Oh, because yeah, yeah. It's just because, like, the Drake push thing at this point, five years later, like, and the fact that that's what people are so focused on. And, again, it makes sense with the whole Jim Jones push mm-hmm. thing. It makes sense. But um, it's just led to these, like, real hip-hop conversations and complaints about list culture and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I hate the list, but you always comment on the list. So the lists are achieving what they set out to. <laughs> Listen, bro. Like, we'll, we'll stop writing lists when y'all actually stop caring about them. Listen, bro, the, the week the list came out, it did 15 million views. Insane. You know what I'm saying? That's week one. Yeah. And we got the culture talking. Freaking Nicki Minaj spoke on it. And mm-hmm. there's artists that I spoke to off the record who say, yo, real shit, the list wasn't bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it like, solid. I think I think the hardest thing about it, I think we got the right names. Mm-hmm. I think the top 10 was spot on. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I just think the only thing that was tough is probably like the placement of the names. You yeah. could, and that's the point. You could reshuffle shit around, but I mm-hmm. think that core fifty. Yeah. I think we did what we had to do. And that's the thing is like we we always talk top five, top ten. We never talk about all right twenty to fifty. Well, well where are they gonna go? I dare niggas to make a list like that. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it. People, people say they care. They say, oh, we twenty five, but they don't really care. Like no one ever ever puts that effort into. Who's 26? Who's 33? Who's 45? Like, no one ever cares that much. There, but um, There were certain artists, like, I even had to fight. Like, I was mad. I was like, word, <laughs> we, we gonna leave Jeezy out. Mm. Like, we gonna leave Raekwon out. I'm a Lupe head. We gonna leave Lupe out. Can't leave Lupe off the top 50. You know what we I'm can't. saying? And the beautiful thing about these kind of lists, they're all subjective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think people just gotta grasp that at the end of the day. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But, uh... Jim Jones is funny, man. <laughs> he's funny. He's, like he's a comedian. Him, man. him in, in the car yelling into his phone. NBA young boy, big show. Like, oh yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Was like he was tactical. He just put a little sauce on it, yeah. but it, <laughs> it, it got the people going. Exactly, <laughs> it got the people going. Uh, Frank Ocean and Coachella. Whew, that has been another major uh, topic of discussion. So, for those who are not aware, Frank Ocean was set to headline Coachella weekend one. He came out late. He apparently had, like, this whole ice skating rink that was set up, and he had them take that apart. He came out. He sang. Let's, you know, the, the, the videos on social media were misleading. He did sing some stuff, but there was other some, some other stuff he was turning up. I think his DJ played Ice Spice at one point. They was playing, like, house mixes of his songs. And then he left because there was a curfew. Internet was mad as shit. But there were also a lot of people defending, coddling Frank, very polarizing situation. I want to ask you, what was your perspective on that, especially knowing that he backed out of the second weekend, too? I blame us. Really? I, 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 blame, I blame the fans. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because certain artists, like, we have coddled mm. so fucking much. Mm. And this is somebody that loved Nostalgia Ultra. Like, I, I get Channel Orange. I get Blind. Nostalgia Ultra, to me, is peak Frank. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? And that's when I fell in love with Frank. And I think it got to a point where, when did Blonde come out? 2015? 2016. 2016. Yep. We have gotten to the point as a culture where because he released such good music, we're able to have low tolerance for shit. Mm. Where it's like, the brother has not done a show since what? Maybe 2018? And just him getting on the stage, my nigga could have farted on a mic. (laughs) And you're going to have Frank Puris let him rock mm-hmm. because of what he was able to do musically. And you know what? Yo, 
He's a genius. I, I will, I'll never take that away from him. But it comes down to us being able to dictate what's worth settling mm-hmm. for and when to hold that artist accountable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Frank, uh, what, gave us 20 songs? On what? I think I think the set he, it was twenty. Oh songs. yeah, I've, it, it was twenty songs. Yeah, something like that. He, I think he finished with an Aaliyah cover. He did at, he did at your best, and you got to think about it for somebody who hasn't performed in five years, who was originally supposed to do twenty twenty one, and then the whole uh, COVID thing. Mm-hmm. It was anticipation, bro. Hi, and you came, essentially got a check and bounced. Yeah, <laughs> and instead of like. Saying, you know what, I'm going to come back better mm-hmm. week two. He said, fuck it, I'm good. Yeah. That goes to show, I don't know if you care about it like that. And that's fine. Like, I, I've had, we've had conversations in the office the last few weeks about artists not caring anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I was talking to Swiss yesterday, and I was like, yo, there's certain artists, I won't say who, <laughs> there's certain artists who I think they got their bread. Mm-hmm. And they're good. They don't care no more. And that's fine. But don't dupe the public and come out and do some fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think my nigga ASAP Rocky, like, he's never going to drop another album. He don't need to. He don't need to. <laughs> and he's that's still cool. getting headlining at Rolling Loud. And you, <laughs> they still call bro, him. Bro, he's nigga. still getting checks. He's still getting headlining checks. Nigga's still on here, praise the Lord and Goldie. Bro, he's getting probably 1.5. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I remember having a conversation with Ferg, and I said the same thing. I said, y'all, I don't think y'all care no more. Mm. Said it to him. He, Word, nigga. <laughs> Ferg hasn't dropped in what? Been a while. The courtside joint came out 2019. Yeah. And that's okay. Pivot. Just don't mislead your fans with bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing that, like, and it, it was a touchy conversation with Frank because he told the story of his brother. We know he lost his brother yeah. in 2020, and they enjoyed Coachella together and being on stage, you know, it drummed up some difficult memories for him. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I'm super sympathetic to that cause. Of course. But people paid thousands of dollars to be at Coachella expecting to see something. You know, like, you are the type of, you're, Frank is a very elusive artist. Like, we've, we been able to put him on this pedestal because he's so far away from us. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's reached deity levels in music, and people will defend anything. I, I saw people calling this shit genius or Frank gamed, and shit, he, he kind of did scam the people a little bit. Bro, but like, and that's because just because he was outside, just seeing yeah. him outside was enough. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's on, it's on us, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a rubric no more. We just let shit fly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To your point, like, he's considered deity. He's considered a genius. You're expecting genius level Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me, it was just like, I, I felt bad for the people who went, you know, and then they replaced them with Blink-182 the next weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a certain subsection of people, the whites, love that shit. Of course. You know, the niggas, we, we, we was there for Frank. Niggas want to see Frank. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, like, there was a whole Google, there was a whole thing, like a, a report. Like, there were, like, Google searches, it went up 700% mm. about fans Googling how to like get refunds. Wow. For their Coachella tickets. You wow. Know? It's 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 nasty, bro. And to your point, I, I I think it's important to say this too. I lately been like trying to develop this outside looking in. If I wasn't in the industry, like as a fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah, like I think 100%. We, we we don't realize the, the the how fortunate we are to just be able to go to shows, yeah, not have to pay for shit. <laughs> There's motherfuckers that are taking out credit cards. Yes. To go to shows. Yeah. 
there's people who don't have jobs. I mean, shit, you saw Swarm, I'm sure. Mm. Like, the levels people will go, and for you to, like, deliver minimal shit? Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard, man. And I've I've felt for a while Frank don't really like his fans. Like I've 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 I've, 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 I've honestly felt that way for a long time. Like the way Frank fans act, like they're not Barb level or Beehive yeah. level, but they're a, they're a crazed fan base. Like I've gotten into a lot of Frank arguments over the years, and I like Frank a lot. All yeah. of his projects I really like. Like Blonde's a classic to me. Channel Orange a classic to me. Nostalgia Ultra super duper classic. Like mm-hmm. he he hasn't made bad music, but mm-hmm. the way in which the the goalposts shift for him, like like this situation. The way people were just like, "Yo, give him grace," and then, you know, I get that. But for me, it's just like, don't sign up to do it if, 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 if you're not going to do it full out. Like, I I don't want to be insensitive and say we all go through shit, but like we we all do go through shit, and it's okay. People would have been understanding if Frank was like, "Yo, I know I signed up to do this, but I, I can't." Like, and did that ahead of time. But to come up that night, give some half-ass shit like that, that for me was just like, nah, man. I, I can't defend this. I can't. You know what I would say? And, I, and there's a lot of artists who I've spoken to. Like, we were talking about just, like, not having the heart for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd respect it if you just keep it a thousand. And cats just end up songwriting. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of cats who told me, like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this artist shit no more. I just want to <laughs> write. Yeah. I think Frank is one of the best songwriters. Elite pen. Ever. Elite pen. And he can easily just get a bag just songwriting. Who, who, who would turn Frank down if he wanted to write for them? <laughs> who would turn that down? You feel me? <laughs> so, yeah, wild situation. Um, I empathize with all the people who went. I hope you had a good time, though. Metro set looked really dope. 80,000 people. Um, Lotto looked like she cooked out there. Like A, a lot of people had great moments. Jai Paul, a lot of people mm-hmm. were excited for... for um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of great shit out there. But speaking of a performer who does perform and delivers, I I, I seen it with my own eyes at mm, Dreamville Fest. Usher is talking about doing the, the Super Bowl. I remember there were conversations about it after Rihanna's performance. And there was people on the timeline saying, Usher don't have the catalog for a Super Bowl performance. What... What, what, where did we go wrong as a society? No child left behind has has left all of us behind. <laughs> Niggas is not doing their homework. Yeah, yeah, clearly have not heard eighty seven oh one my way mm. or confessions. Mm. Shit, uh, oh my, like, come on, bro, mm. like, like, come on, man. I take it away, I, like, bro, like, I got you. I, I, I think people forget. Like to your point, you brought up. Oh my god. Were, and you were talking about the black classics. You were talking about My Way, 8701 Confessions. Mm-hmm. Like, the, there was a moment he had the dance pop scene on 10. Him, Pitbull, did, did David Guetta, like, yo. Listen. He stayed with one of them little oons oons joints, and they was hitting. They was hitting. <laughs> <laughs> them oons oons was oonsing. They was oonsing. And, and, and that's a fact. And, you know, I, I actually am planning to go see uh, Usher in Vegas. In that's June hard. For my birthday. That's hard. And... If you have seen, which I'm sure you have on Instagram, mm-hmm. the shit that he's able to do at his show, yeah. imagine you transfer that over into a Super Bowl field. Big budget. Big budget. And you got a 12-minute window? Oh, he's going nuts. Bro. He's going crazy. Bro. It's like, 
there's just so much he could do, so many directions he could take it. Like we saw Rihanna do a lot of a lot more of her upbeat stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna get mad if Usher brings out my boo or you got it bad at the Super Bowl, nigga. I, I, I'm going crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm lit in there, bro. You going Alicia the Super Yo, like yeah, this. and like you think of who he could bring out too, yeah. like imagine, yeah, bro. Come on, Luda, Lil John, come on, man, come on. Hove, make it happen. Yeah, yeah, we need that. We need that. And again, and this is something we talk about on the pod. We try not to get too deep into it, but I think it would just be another reminder for everyone who wants to have this Usher, Chris Brown versus conversation. Niggas is not touching Usher. It's it's just, it's, Chris is great. Chris is fantastic. Shit, I'd love to see Chris at a Super Bowl one day, but Usher, bro, uh, Usher is just, he's he's in the upper echelon. He's God level. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is. So for y'all, y'all questioning whether he should do a Super Bowl or not, please do your homework. Do your homework. And Raymond to Zoe. Talk out Yeah, facts. Facts. We out here. Mm. We out here. Let's get into some new music from the last few weeks. Uh, Swiss Beats, actually. You mentioned him before. Mm -hmm. Hip Hop 50, Volume 2. How'd you feel about the project? I thought it was cool. Um, And, you know, speaking to him yesterday, it was was an appetizer. Mm -hmm. I could appreciate, you know, one nugget he gave me was that he essentially could have just taken anything out of his hard drive and just threw it. Yeah. He actually went into the studio mm-hmm. with each cat and actually cooked up new records. Yeah. Um, so I could appreciate that. I was hoping that Jay was going to be on the Wayne record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He teased us with the ad-libs and everything. Yeah. But I think, yeah, my favorite records were actually the first two. It was the Nas record. Mm-hmm. And it was the Wayne record, so I thought it was, it was pretty cool, it was solid. Yeah, it felt felt very vintage, felt yeah. very you know true to Swiss. Um, seeing people like Five Yo on, on a Swiss mm-hmm. beat, hearing Lil Durk and a Boogie mm-hmm. on those joints, like those mm-hmm. those were cool. Cause it's like, oh, that's different. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't expect to hear you on something like that. Yeah. I love Scarlet's verse on a, a "Take Him Out" with the DMX yeah. ad and the yeah 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 yeah. So this was this was a really good EP. Like I'm I'm. I was definitely, definitely fucking with it, definitely pleased with it. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm wondering how many volumes that they're going to do. I, I know, like, there's a bunch of different producers who've been mm-hmm. tapped to to do it. So I'm looking forward to the next one. I know who, it was Premier who did the first Primo one. Primo did the first yeah, one. Primo yeah. did the first one. So, yeah, they're, they're going crazy so far. Um, and, yeah, I, I like it. Like, this is, as a, as someone who grew up listening to Mob Deep and Nas and stuff oh, like wow. that, like, this this type of hip-hop, is I, I, I always appreciate hearing it. A, a thousand percent. And, you know, talking to Swizz yesterday, he said he has more music on the way. He told me he got a tape with Wayne mm. coming. He got a tape with Jada coming. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hold niggas accountable. I said, don't lie to me, man. Yeah, like We need, we need that. We need that. <laughs> so he was like, it's going to come this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully he delivers on his promise. But I, a Swizz and Wayne tape. Eesh. That sounds scary. That sounds nuts, bro. Yeah. Swizz and Jada, like, yeah, I need that. Absolutely. Both of them. Absolutely. Uh, Post Malone, man, this the, the, this diamond collection. To be, what, eight years into your career and be able to put together a project of eight diamond songs throughout your throughout your eight years of activity, that's pretty crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Like, And Post gets a lot of you know critique, and I get it. You know, he came in kind of making the rap-adjacent music, and then he transitioned, picked up a guitar, started doing different shit, folksy-type shit. But I don't know, like, Post has always had joints that, that, that I fucked with throughout his career. Psycho with Ty Dolla Sign, mm-hmm. I, I really like. That's one of his diamond records. Mm-hmm. Um, Better Now, Circles, like, some, mm-hmm. like he's, got, he's got dope stuff. So I think it's a, that product is a strong testament to what he's achieved. Um, and it's also like, damn, like, you've really given these pretty great songs throughout your eight-year run, so... I, I definitely wasn't mad at it. How would you feel about just the whole the whole concept of a of a project surrounding your your eight diamond songs? I, like, I think 
you know, Post is one of those artists that people are not going to appreciate, I think, until he's gone. Mm. You know, you'd be surprised, like, if you ask me one of my favorite shows that I've ever been to, mm-hmm. I'll easily throw Post Malone at the Garden up there. Wow. Like, and the dude is giving you, like, bare vocals. <laughs> like, no backtrack. This is just him giving you raw vocals. Yeah. And, you know, again, he has a massive team, man. What they've been able to do on the production side, the songwriters. Um, Sunflower, that's like an instant classic. Bro, it's like 18 times platinum. (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) Shout out to Sway Lee, man. He deserves his flowers, too. What he was able to do on that record, on Freaking Unforgettable. But Post knows how to get in the studio, lock in, and he knows how to dance between genres, whether it's hip-hop, whether it's pop, whether it's alternative. Yeah. You know, the dude has a limitless bag. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, you look at this project, it's like, it's mostly his rap songs that have, Mm -hmm. you know, gone diamond. White Iverson, Congratulations, Rockstar, Psycho is, like, rap-leaning, so it's like... Congratulations, like, 14 times. Yeah, bro. Like, (laughs) so, you know, it's, and it's it's a testament, like, a lot of artists fuck with him as well. Like, Mm -hmm. we've seen Drake bring him out a few times, they've been together, like, Quavo, Metro, 21, like, all, all these people really fuck with Post, so I think... You know, and I understand people's frustration in like a white artist coming in rapping and then kind of stepping away from it when they reach a certain level. Yeah. But I think he still ma- managed to keep those connections. Like his lead single from his last album was a Roddy Rich feature. So, yeah, like he's still he's still tapped in. You yeah. know, he's exploring different things, and I'm never mad at artists. You know, evolving, and also it's like I kind of just view white artists a little differently. Like I'm not expecting them to. Not you know, giving them the pass. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like I like I, like you not the you you're not like a steward of my culture. Like if you come in and make good shit, that's cool. But I'm not I'm not gonna be like I don't know. Like I I, I look at them differently personally. That's real. That's yeah. real. So shout out to him. But um, aside from these projects, well, what have you been fucking with this year so far? Mm, well, I did mention uh, I mentioned Jim and and, and Hitmaker. That's that's been a tough joint. Um, Larry June and Alchemist. Mm. It's a very tough project. Been fucking with a lot of R&B shit, man. Shout out to Jordan Ward. Great project. Um, shout out to Ebony Riley. Um, a lot of a lot of new R&B cats coming through. I still, I honestly want to listen to this Chloe Bailey, man. I feel like she's been getting slammed. You haven't tapped in yet. I haven't tapped in mm. yet, but it I heard was good. a couple I of the singles, like the cheap back record with Future. Um, I think vocally she got it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like there hasn't been like no home run. Maybe you could toss me something I could see if I remember. The R&B's been stronger than the rap this year. I really it's like it. has been the... like that for the last couple of years, if we're being honest. If we're to be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been crooning more than rapping. Yeah. Uh, I, I did really like the Don Tolliver album. That's been one of my favorites. It, it, second half of the album. Strong. Real strong. Yeah. yeah. Saved it for me, yeah. Um, I liked Black's album a lot. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> nah, nah. I, and, and, I, and I love Black. Mm-hmm. Like I, It's funny because... Shout out to Jordan Rose, man. Um, he did an interview with Black, and I, I, I'm actually interested in hearing a Black rap album. Yeah. Because one of my favorite songs is Preach. Yep. And he was floating on yeah. that joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I liked his other two, his other projects, uh, um, freaking uh, East Atlanta. Yeah, and Free Lo- Black. And Free Black. Yeah, yeah. Stronger than this one. This has definitely been the most lukewarm reception to one of his projects I've, yeah. I've ever seen. Um, and I think... Possibly it was just because he waited so long. The anticipation, five the years. expectations were so high. Five years. It's, it's hard to deliver on people waiting five years and, you know, especially giving what he gave within two years, like Free Black and Eastland Love Letter within two years, nuts. So, um, 
but yeah, like I really like that joint. I liked Ice Spice EP. I'm, I'm, I'm still running no, that. It was, it was tough. I'm, I'm, I'm big on you know, mili- Prince, militia. We here. Princess Diana, <laughs> <laughs> Gang, the, the the freaking gangster boo record, like the flipping. I need that joint is dope. Too. Yeah, that, that joint is dope. That, yeah. Listen, I I was just talking to uh, my team. I think it was this week, and I was like, yo, actually today, and I was like, at what point did that switch go off where she went from like hip hop cultural phenomenon to a mainstream phenomenon. It had to be when she did the the joint with Pink Panthers because that was her first think it was that one? her first charting mm-hmm. joint. Like that got her into the dance alternative type space. Yeah. Like she's doing that at festivals and people are going crazy for it. Um and of course landing the 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 Nikki feature is just like that's and now she's, she's out doing, of here. <laughs> she's actually doing TikToks with North. Yeah. And she now part of the skims. Yeah joint so like i am very curious to see the longevity yeah for sure for sure nice the the first album like actual album is gonna be a big oh, determinant yeah, for her but the I, th- I think the potential is there there's definitely some refinement needed but i'm not expecting her to be perfect her fir- it's her first year like mm-hmm. what she's accomplished one year in is like I, I'm, I'm not i'm not cardi's run was like one of ones i'm not not gonna compare it but we haven't seen anything like this Probably since like Pop Smoke, like Pop Smoke had a really big first year too. Um, but yeah, Ice is she's doing her thing, man. I, I it, it's scary to say that Ice like has already surpassed like Lotto and Glow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like I I don't think it's crazy saying that because wow. I mean, yo, Lotto did have big energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I think Ice is she's doing it bigger and better, and she I is. think she's probably gonna be looking at a best new artist look for the Grammys. They're all within reach, man. Yeah. Off of off of EP. Yeah. No, it's crazy. How'd you feel about uh, Yachty's album that he dropped this year? <sighs> I'll be honest, man. Like, I still haven't listened to it all the way. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. I think I got to a point where I just couldn't get with it, man. Mm. Like, like, I played the first two tracks, and I just never went back. Wow. And I think it's mainly not even, and that's not even a shot to Yachty. Because I think his work ethic is incredible. I think it was just a thing where, yo, it's hard to keep up, man. Mm. Like, we get hit with so much music that it's it's honestly like a game trying to see if you can catch up. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I've never been a Yachty fan to begin with, so I'm not even mm. going to cap and be like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> uh, but I heard great things about it. And, you know, I give him... I give him his flowers for going in a different direction. Yeah. Giving like an alt sound. Like I heard he channels like some Pink Floyd type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Tame Impala. A little Tame Impala. Yeah. Um, he was shit. He was supposed to perform at South by and he got rained out. Damn. So I would have loved to see that. But I admire artists like that taking that kind of direction mm-hmm. and being able to pivot. You know, because there's a lot of artists that I think are scared to take that kind of pivot. For sure. And not knowing you know, the gains they can get from doing that. Yeah. You know, so that's definitely a formula that I think a lot of people should follow. For sure. For sure. Um, you, you were very honest there, which I appreciate. Nick and I will talk about this sometimes, too, and I feel yeah. especially conflicted as a journalist. Like, it's hard to keep up with all this music that comes out, bro. bro it is so hard. It's tough. Like, I, I purposely, there was a point where I tried to, I have a Spotify, like, where they have, like, the new Music Fridays. I try yeah. to keep up. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point, I'm like, yo, this shit feels like homework. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, I'll catch it when I catch it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like good music travels. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's so fucking hard because you have, 
this is the most saturated time in music because mm-hmm. everybody's a fucking artist. Yeah. Shit, I I got a fucking Spotify. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. everybody's doing music, bro. So it's kind of like, how do you try to find a space to cater to everybody? Yeah. You know, and I think that's why, like, and I know you could attest to this too, why it's important to have a team because you're going to have your taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's say Mark, uh, he's going to have his taste. Amber's going to have hers. And you guys can come collectively together yeah. to get the job done. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's tough, and especially balancing listening as a critic and listening as a fan. Bro, sometimes I, I, I want to turn that critic switch off and just enjoy some. It's hard, man. But it's it's tough. You're like, damn. Like, what if like, I could write about this? What if, you know, I could f- find something to do with this? Like, it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Bro, it's stressful. It, it's, it, it's it's fucking hard, man. Yeah. Because there's so many times where I I you hit it right on the nail. I pray to have that on and off switch, mm-hmm. but it's just it's already embedded in me. Yeah. Where it's like, even if I try, I had the journalist, the journalist lens on, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But there's a few cats like there's a dude named uh, Carry. It's like K A R R I. He's from Cali, mm-hmm. and he got a few joints, and he kind of been popping off like on social media. He got like the three M in Oakland, mm. uh, and he got out. a joint called Only You. Uh, so it's been like IG. I've been catching a lot of cats because you know how like you can like pick up the audio and put it on your thing. Yeah. And I noticed his his joint three AM in Oakland, it was like on a lot of people's pages. Like they keep recycling the record. I was like, mm-hmm. let me actually hear this. This shit goes hard. Mm-hmm. And I played the whole record. I was like, oh shit, this is tough. I was like, <laughs> I want to see what else he got. Yeah. And he was teasing another record called Only You. Let me hear this. And he's actually belting. I was like, oh, this shit is hard. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's like I'm unintentionally. Discovering music, yeah. which I which I love, I those think are the what, best moments. I think that's what was keeping me like from a fan standpoint, and to the point like I fucked with it so hard, like I hit him up on DMs. I was <laughs> like, "Yo, bro, whenever you' ready, man, come to the come to the office." Mm. And I think that's those genuine moments, man, are still what I live for. Absolutely, yeah. Nothing like hearing something outside that you haven't heard before, but you see how people react to it. Yeah, You're like, oh no, nah, I need to figure out who this is, and like, yeah. just, just, and just and before I even want to do some work with them, just hear them, just learn more about them. That that level of discovery is still, still the shit. So I, yeah. I feel you on that. that Speaking of discovery, let's play some tunes, man. The best song wasn't the single. All right, Brother Carl, what'd you bring for us to play today, man? Man, I I bought a little throwback, went back to the brother Childish Gambino Mm -hmm. because of the internet. Um, I don't even know how this, I was, you know, it's weird, man. Every time I'm about to go shower, I got my little little speaker with me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, what tunes am I going to play? And um, I was like, I haven't played no Gambino in a minute. Mm. And I ended up going to, because of the internet, playing some songs like Freaking Pink Toes, uh, 3005, World Star, and then Freaking Telegraph hit me, man, uh, with Lloyd, <laughs> the Oakland joint. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, that was just a nostalgic moment. Yeah. And that was, to me, Pete Gambino. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Before he took that dive, not like dive, like <laughs> nose dive, but before like he pivoted, he segued over. Yeah. Um, to awaken my love. So yeah, that telegraph record something special, man. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Power 106. Got some brand new music. I need you to turn it up and let me know what you think. It's Lloyd called Oakland on Power 106. 
Me like I said, it transfers me to freshman year at college. <laughs> man, that was that was one of my favorite projects. Man, that's yeah. one of my favorite songs from there too. Lloyd, Lloyd is a gem. Lloyd, <laughs> national treasure, man. National treasure, national love fucking that. treasure. Lloyd's vocals are special. Like him, him and Gambino's chemistry is 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 dope. Like yeah, really dope. Man. Like being being older now, be able to kind of assess different things more. Like it was that was didn't realize how good of a collab that was. Yeah, bro. I think Gambino doesn't get enough credit. Obviously, I think. From a bar standpoint, he could bar up when he wants to. Yeah. You know, freaking had that chance to rap her favorite song record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people forget vocally what the brother can do. And I mean, from an R&B sense, mm-hmm. not like obviously awake and like from the funk sense, but from an R&B sense, he can get in that bag. Yeah. Easy, man. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a better vocalist than I think people might give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's, he's not like a powerhouse singer, but like he, he, he gets the job done. Like, better than gets the job done. I, I think he's really good. So, yeah. great, great track, man. Thank you for bringing that. I might, have, might have to tap into that tr- uh, the project on the way home <laughs> for real. <laughs> it's a jump. My track is uh, taking it a little different direction. This okay. artist, I discovered her during the summer uh, while I was working at Uprock. Shout out to the Uprock's team. Um, I covered her on, on the columns a bunch and kept up with her. Like, she's a really, really very, like, good rapper. Like, mm. I, I was blown away by her rap ability. So this is Glass Slipper Flows. This is by Wynn. Let's tap into that. My texture on red, the money is blue. I want them to win. They want me to lose. What else can I do? Let's call a truce now before I go for broke. I've never been the type to say I told you so, but you not gonna give me a choice. I'm turning heads like the voice. Couples would leave each other for me. I see why it's annoying. I hear the noise while I'm shooting. It's easy to keep it poised. Keep riding my wave like that. You gonna pull a groin. I'm making some points and I don't see my tumbo. Life's a beach. I'm Danny Zuko. Snapping and give me kudos. I've always had a goal. You can't distract me with 
fool's gold. The lyrics are poems. I could slam them down at the blue note. Please don't address me till you've done your research. Step into my name. Just take the Nikes off your feet first. That shit make my pussy dry like we took off all the reverb. I've been a different girl since your boyfriend told me those three words. Oh, the power's really coming to me now. Stress security out when my arrival's unannounced. Every time I'm in Portland, I never force it and haven't changed my number yet. But if you never hit me till now, then my texts are on red. The money is blue. I want them to win. They want me to lose. What else can I do? Let's call a truce now before I go for broke. I've never been the type to say I told you so. When you so, so lucky, you never worth the time. Trust me on the shelf at the label so long that you getting dusty. I'm in the hoodie of the game getting comfy. Cuter I get, meaner they are. Just say you want to fuck me. Ah. But I've been out of your league. Fruits of my labor been sent down from the trees. They wish I hated myself. It's honor among thieves. You can't flex on me, please. Just keep your arms in your sleeves. I know it's hard to believe I really am that. Back when I'd go from Eugene to Portland on the Amtrak, they'd offer help, and when I would reach out, they pulled their hand back. People never who they say they are. It took me years to understand that. That's why we do it ourselves. No payback outstanding. I've been pitching pennies like the proud family. I never switch lanes on this. I never been down with 10 B's unless it's the morning after I let your man plant seeds. Come on, you gonna have to trust me on this one. Make flex hit the button on this one. Okay, I'm reloaded every time that I miss one. Kissing up to me look like they just got their lips done. Every time I'm speaking, I'll be speaking in isms. They're trying to knock me down, but I go in for the fist bump. Picking up where I left Man, off, I was <sighs> she's good. She's good. She goes for another two minutes, too. That is, that <laughs> is some, some grown woman bars right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. She, like, she doesn't hold back. Like, I love the... It's very, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Very... I, I love the vulgarity of it. Like, yeah. I, I do. I, 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 I love the vulgarity of it is, like, dope. Because it's, it's, like, she's cocky. She calls men out for their bullshit. Mm. Like, it's it's just a lot of a lot of great stuff, too. And she's got a lot of great music overall. Like, she's got a track, Look at, Look at You, that's going crazy. She's dropping a track soon called Jaw Morant. Wow. Ja, Jaw. Ja Morant will be out by the time y'all hear this episode. Is she from New York? She's from uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland. I heard Portland. Okay. Portland, wow. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. She did a track with JID a couple years ago. Um, she's actually with uh, Genius Distro now, too. That's like, tough. Genius is d- distributing her stuff. So I've seen her grow a lot in just a few months that I've been keeping up with her. And um, yeah, she's she's real, real popular. So um, this track is one of my favorites from her. It's like more like back. Like I could definitely hear like the the, the Drake inspiration there a yeah. little bit. Like one of those soul sample type mm, exactly. beats, mm-hmm. just free verse. But she she killed it. She killed it. a lot of good punchlines. Pinching pennies like proud family. Proud, like yeah. she's she's dope. She's the playing dope. B bars. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When is good. When is good. So if you haven't heard when, if you haven't heard, I'm sh- if you haven't heard Telegraph Avenue, then like what what, what are you doing? But if you want to check these tracks out and previous tracks that we played, hit the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist on all streaming platforms. Um, if you want to send us some music, you can email us at staybusypod at gmail.com or DM us at staybusypod, Twitter, and Instagram. Whether you're an artist or a fan, put us on to some new music. I'm always trying to hear some new shit, so put me on. We can take our headphones off. Let's start with the journey, man. Like, did did, did young seven-year-old Carl know that he wanted to, to be writing writing about music and talking about music on, on camera? Um, not writing about music, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted to be a journalist. Mm. Um, I always say this story like, you may be familiar. You're old enough. Uh, you remember Doug on Nickelodeon? Yes, yeah, of course. Doug used to have the journal. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had, like, a binder, like, when I was a kid, and I would just write, just write endlessly, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, my parents, I was able to fucking get, like, highlights. And along with highlights, I would get Slam Magazine. Mm-hmm. 
So shout out to Scoop Jackson, man. I, I still haven't met Scoop yet, man. But mm. the day I meet Scoop, like that's he was so instrumental in you know my journalism growth and process. I used to read Slam Magazine religiously. I I thought I was gonna be a Scoop Jackson, Stephen, I see even Stephen A. Smith, uh, Stuart Scott mm-hmm. hybrid. Um, and I was a sports editor in high school. Wow. And I remember winning third place in Long Island for like my editorial piece. Wow. So I think that put the battery in my back. Like, yo, I can really do this, mm-hmm. you know. And um, lo and behold, I go to Howard, and I as a uh, uh, when I was at home before I went to Howard, I used to be on hi- uh, hiphopgame.com religiously, mm-hmm. just listening to music. And they were one of the first few places like I reached out to and was starting to do interviews for. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Well, what was like the first first like interview for you at the time where you were like, oh shit, like Would you believe me if I told you? Yeah. My first interview, and this is how I knew it was destiny, my first interview was with Joe. Joe Budden. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who was my favorite rapper? That's hard. <laughs> that was my first interview. This was like around like oh oh seven, oh eight ish. This was oh eight. Oh eight. Oh eight, oh nine. Wow. And you know, my boy Devin Chanda, who I went to Dutch Broadway elementary school with. He ended up blossoming, like, he's not in the entertainment field. I mean, he is, but he's not in journalism anymore. He was the editor of Smooth Magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a contact because he knew I was trying to break in. And Joe had put out a mixtape. I think it was Halfway House. And I just started writing for Hip Hop Game and Baller Status. And I was like, yo, I need that contact. And he put me on it. Yo, it was, the whole email exchange was weird to me. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is all it takes <laughs> to talk to one of my favorite artists, if not my favorite artist at the time. And I did like a 40-minute interview with Joe. Damn. And it was a phoner, and I was just tweaking, bro, the whole time. Because <laughs> I'm in my dorm room, and I'm like, yo, this is fucking real, bro. I'm talking to my favorite rapper of all time. Nothing can fucking stop me at this mm. point. And... You know, I just started doing interviews on campus. I was skipping class. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, I need to go to a journalism class. I'm doing journalism. <laughs> I'm doing name. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because my dean at the time, uh, Dean Dixon, man, at Howard, he saw what I was doing. Word was starting going around. And this is when Obama just won uh, presidency. And he was like, yo, since you don't like doing your fucking work or going to class, I'm going to give you a story for you to do for the paper. With the Howard Hilltop. I was doing sports at the time. He's like, I'm gonna give you something new. I want you to rally up your music connects, and I want you to do a story on rappers reacting to Obama winning the presidency. And I think I ended up talking to Joe again. Mm-hmm. I think talking to Trick Trick, wow. which was random. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Trick Trick. <laughs> and another rapper. And this was like, you know, deadlines are tight. I did all this the day of he assigned it to me. And I really was able to put together like a quick piece for the Howard Hilltop. So now it's like, okay, it's not just blogs I'm mm-hmm. penetrating. I'm penetrating I'm like in print. <laughs> I'm print, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding this shit. That's hard. So that was a great indicator, like, okay, like we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I, I find it so interesting. I know a lot of my music journalism peers started in sports, or I know a lot of sports people started in music. Like yeah. the, the 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 intersection of it. Did, did, were you an athlete growing up too? Uh, in my mind. In your mind, okay. okay. <laughs> like, like, I mean, listen, I can still hoop, you, you know what I'm saying? But I got, I got like, best friends that, like, went to, like, played college football, yeah. college basketball. So I was an intramural cat, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If mm. you need, like, a 12th man, I'm here. 
Yeah. But obviously <laughs> Knicks fan, like yeah, being yeah, a yeah. fan of sports, like that that intersection, the the parallel relationship between the two is so interesting. Cause yeah. I, I started out wanting to be a sports broadcaster mm-hmm. for ESPN. Yeah. I tell the story all the time. I didn't get the internship. I started interning at a music spot. The rest is history. Now I'm here. But I still get so much joy out of writing sports stories. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yo, at any point if the opportunity comes to like get on camera and talk sports like I'm, I, I might take that shit so I, I just find it so interesting like you started out doing sports stuff and then you got that the music thing and now you're, you're you're where you are now obviously one of the most prominent music voices in media um I, go ahead I, I love that you said that because there was a point during my journey so I wrote for dime yep yeah, yeah. That I, was, I was gonna bring that up yeah yeah <laughs> I, I wrote for dime that obviously I, I always wanted to write for slam I do not have a slam byline that's the only professional regret I could say but when I went to dime I made it a thing where I was like okay at the time there's not really an outlet talking to rappers about sports Mm -hmm. let's see if I can flip it at a sports publication and I was actually writing a lot about hoops then too so I got my sports bag there but I started talking to freaking Joe again shout out to Joe (laughs) man Joe Joe been giving me hella lives in my career every time I see him are you in that mood yet he gets fucking mad as shit but no Joe gave me a lot Mac Miller R.I.P. interviewed him for Dom Meek French there's like a lot of cats I did and we just spoke about sports Yeah, and I thought that was such a fucking vibe because that intersection man yeah it's it's there. There's so many touch points, and for them, it's spe- it's fun to not have to talk about themselves or music. Right. Like, like them niggas love just talking shit. Yo, Bron and MJ, like, <laughs> like <laughs> they want to talk about that too. So I used to love, and I thought I was a freaking genius because you always think, oh, I came up with this question first. But I used to always ask. I did, we did the comparisons, mm-hmm. and I remember some of the answers I got. I remember Joe. I thought his comparison was so fucking valid. He compared himself to Brandon Roy. Wow. Yeah. Makes sense. Brandon, you know what I'm <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> you see what I'm I saying? I get it. <laughs> and, and then, like, I remember, like, French. Like, then you'll have niggas that just say some shit. Like, French said KD. Mm-hmm. Meek at the time, because this was, like, Dream Chasers Meek. Um, LeBron. But they got that joy yeah. that you were saying. Like, switching it up and talking about sports. It's a mm-hmm. whole different lens. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously part of being a journalist is like putting in the work, do, do, do doing that dirty work. I yeah. remember my interview with Daytuan, I talked about like my willingness, like news writing, stuff like that, which a lot of people don't like. News writing is, it's, it's a grind. Oh, I'm, I'm doing news writing right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm back on it. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you can never stop. You, yeah. you got to be willing to like, you know, get in the mud and do, mm-hmm. do that stuff. But, mm-hmm. and so you went to XXL, you were news writing for a bit. Yeah. Like, well, what was that experience like? Man, shout out to XXL because one of my colleagues, Dan Rice was one of my editors at Double XL. Mm-hmm. You know, Christine Werfman, who's at Billboard now, she was at Double XL. That was an all star team, man. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I was like Jamal Crawford. I was like the <laughs> sixth man because you had Eric Deep, Monster, Dan Rice, Monster, Manny, Monster, Miranda, Monster, Roger, Monster. They had a staff. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to just find a place for me to thrive. And, you know, I was scared shitless of Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Satin, man, and she's a legend in her own right, and I just wanted to make sure I could play my part and not step on these toes, and they gave me a lot of opportunities, man. Um, I think the first, app, I think when I got hired the day of, they were like, yo, can you come to this August Alcina concert? Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about no August Alcina, but I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to make sure you put the reps in. Yeah. Like, there was not an assignment, bro, that I would turn down. Like, mm-hmm. I've done so many interviews looking back you could be like, what the fuck? Like, 
where is this person at now? But I knew what I needed to do in order to get here. Some people yeah. would have scoffed at it or just, you know, pushed it to the side. Nah, I'm, I'm taking any and every. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I, I identify with that, too. When I interned at The Source, I was like, it was a three-day internship. I went in five days a week. Yeah. First one in, last one out. I was, I'm getting my name out there. And yeah. it was to the point where, like, even after my internship ended and I went back to school, I had publicists hitting me up because they saw my name mm-hmm. so much that they were throwing opportunities at me. I was like, yo, I can't even do anything with this yeah. right now. But, um, yeah, getting those reps in. Like that's and that's something I encourage to all journalists. Like mm-hmm. no matter where you're at, like even if it's on your own medium page, keep writing, keep doing shit. Cause so, like people yeah. see that consistency, people see your name, it's it's gonna take you far. I started a blog spot when I was at Howard. It was called Modern Day Hughes, mm-hmm. and bro, literally all of my clips I would put that on the blog spot. And I remember as recent, I was doing it as. Recent as so it probably went from what 08 to 2015. And during my billboard days, E, E News picked up an old Travis Scott interview that I did that never got published. Mm. And this is freaking, this is before rodeo. This is, yeah, this is before rodeo with Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. They went on my blog spot and referenced it. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, this is an interview <laughs> that just never got published because nobody wanted it. Yeah. I was pitching it, nobody wanted it, and it ended up resurfacing like. Four or five years later, this is Astro World, Travis. Wow. So, you know, to your point, man, like, put in the reps, but also have, like, a place, like, even if it's a medium page, mm-hmm. man, where people, you never know who's yeah. reading or who's looking. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important. It's important. You got to have your own, like, a spot to get better. Yeah. A spot where, like, you can have that creative freedom, you know, not have to deal with the pitching game, because that, that pitching game is tough. Like, getting igno- ignored by editors, getting oh, stuff shot down, like, it's it's, it's a tough game. Like, I, as a former freelancer, like, I, I definitely empathize with all my freelancers who are dealing with it right now, but um, having somewhere where you can just create freely and also have some control for yourself, like, kind of see that experience being an editor, for lack of a better term, like... It's great. And for you, man, like, eventually, you also wrote at Complex for a bit. Then 2016, you find your home at Billboard. Starting out at Billboard, landing that gig, man, like, what what was that process like, and how did it feel, like, landing at one of the most prominent names in in journalism? It was validation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I am a huge manifester, and I've always used to tell myself by 27, I would be at Billboard. Mm. And this is me at 18, 19. My first byline was at 26. Mm. And, you know, at the time, I had just moved out of Long Island. Um, We sold the house. I got laid off the week before I was moving into my first apartment. Wow. And when I tell you I had no money in my account, um, I think I had a secure, I got a severance, one week severance. And I had like $1,000 in my savings account. Put that together, that's what I need. I need like 2200 to move in. I did. And I remember hitting everybody up. And I'm talking about Hip Hop DX. Shout out to Trent Clark, who gave me a chance. Great guy. Um, shout out to um, Georgette over at Double XL. She was at the Boombox, gave me a chance. And this is the importance of network. Mm-hmm. And I was able to tap back in. And I was writing at four different places, one of them being Billboard. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Adele Platon. Uh, to play and I, oh, I still fuck this up to this day. I'm gonna say Platon. Shout out to you, Adele. <laughs> Love you. Um, but she was my editor at uh at Billboard, and she was like, "Yo, 
I need somebody to do news Monday through Friday. What's up? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm available. <laughs> and she was like, really? I know you're writing at X amount of places. I said, fuck them. I'll quit right now. Mm. When I tell you I quit, I sent an email to everybody else. I said, yo, I'm working at Billboard. That was the best decision of my life because I was making five times as much mm-hmm. on the news side. And there's a lot of writers. I'm just going to be blunt because I think this is important for writers to know. I was getting paid like $10 an hour mm-hmm. or $10 a post. Yeah. yeah. Billboard <laughs> gave me 50 a post, mm-hmm. a news story for a nigga that needs rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that changed my fucking life. How many news articles do you need? <laughs> well, what's my quota? Double Bro, it. <laughs> double it. <laughs> 50 a post? I'm out here doing five, six a day, and then I'm getting paid like 150 to 200 for a freaking feature. Mm-hmm. At the time, that's big money. It's bread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It and feels I feels like, especially when, when you're making the little 50s here and there, like getting that Bro. first $200 piece. Woo! Dog. <laughs> Dog, I didn't know how to act. I was like, oh, we out to Olive Garden. We lit. Get the breadsticks. We lit. You know what I'm saying? And I got to say shout out to Daytuan because that's how I got hired Mm -hmm. full time. You know, I freelanced under Adele for a year and Daytuan was like, yo, y'all looking for somebody to replace Adele because she went to title? Y'all need to look at him. And he always tells me the story to the day. They were looking at me or like Jason Rodriguez, who's like a goat in this shit too. Mm-hmm. And because I was already in the system, they were like, we're going to give this kid a chance. I had zero editor experience. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer. I'm a dog. That's I'm a shooter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how to pass the rock. You know what I'm saying? So I'm coming in already because I'm ultra competitive at this point. Yeah. I don't know how to be an editor. I don't, I'm just going to edit my own shit. I just mm-hmm. put my own buckets. It wasn't until I got thrown into the trenches where I really was able to grow and understand, yo, being an editor, this is a selfless game. Bro. Yes. And there's times where I got to put my team ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I think I've really tapped into that the last three years where I've given some, like endless ops, you know what I'm saying, and opportunities and, and alley-oops where it's like, yo, I don't need to always be the one doing the big interview. I want, I want this person to eat. Yeah. This person might be better versed to talk to Wayne than I am. This person could probably deliver a, a freaking right through better than I do. Like the selfishness, it's gone. Yeah. And I think for a lot of editors to really be successful, you got to remove that ego. Yeah. In order to really win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I think for all of us who are in the writer position who haven't been editors yet, like when you know, like this person could easily take this for themselves, but yeah. but they give you that shot. It's like, damn, like that's that's hard. Like mm-hmm. that's that. Those are the type of editors that you enjoy working with. So well, shit, while we're here, like you mentioned, selfless. Like, what what other qualities do you think make a good a good editor? Yeah, one being selfless. Um, two, I think attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having that eye. I didn't develop that eye until probably like my my fourth year mm-hmm. editing and being patient. You know, I have had some excellent writers where their edit is spotless and I just maybe had to tinker here and there. And there's other writers where I had to, the shit got bloody, man. <laughs> and I had to butcher their shit. Yeah. Shout out to this man because his shit was clean. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't have to worry. That's why you are where you are. Right? I didn't have to worry about shit. <laughs> but there's cats who's like, edits would be filthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let me. You know, strap up my boots. Let me do what I got to do. Yeah. 
And, you know, looking back and retrospect, I apologize to even some writers who I was very hard on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I apologize because I feel like I could have had more patience. But at the same time, bro, there's not a lot of us in the building. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I go hard on certain writers is because, yo, they demanded excellence out of me. Mm -hmm. So I expect the same out of you because they're trying to... They're trying to lock the doors on mm-hmm. us. There's a reason why there's only a select few at that building. Yeah. So I want to make sure you're equipped when it's time, when your name is called, you're coming in full throttle. You're coming in, your piece is on time. You're not sending it to me three, four hours past the deadline. Yeah. You're sending it to me on time, and your edit is clean, and it's all I got to do is just throw it up. It's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult balance. I, I I don't know if you've personally had any like negative experience with editors, but I've definitely had a few where I maybe didn't like how they went about it at the time. Yeah. Looking back, it's like okay, I get it, like the whole tough love thing. And I, I think there's still a balance. Like you can be firm without kind of being an asshole. A dick. Yeah, yeah without being an asshole, it's it's yeah. really important. But yeah. you know, I think if an editor is not challenging you, then they're I, I don't think that they're doing their you doing their due diligence and they're not helping you either Mm -hmm. like there are some who will just they they see a sentence they'll rewrite it for you and just let it rock i appreciate being told like yo you you can say this differently like Mm -hmm. your word choice here your syntax here Mm -hmm. something like that so it's a very difficult balance so it's it's good to hear from an editor yourself like certain things that you feel like you know should be done but you've really risen over your years at billboard you know from writing to being an editor deputy director the on-camera stuff. Did, did you did you always want to uh, do on-camera stuff? Yeah, man. I th- I think it really hit me during the pandemic mm. more than anything. Um, because you know sometimes you you want to do something and you're you're, you're kind of a bit I don't want to say lax lax lackadaisical, but you're kind of just like yeah, when it comes, it comes. And you know the the pandemic put us in a situation where it's like, all right, how we can't do in-person interviews. How am I gonna really rock with an artist and get to see and feel that kind of emotion? The phone is limited. Yeah, you can only do so much. And I always say the story. I give shout outs to Speedy. I give shout outs to Elliot because they really got on that Zoom real yeah, quick. Finessed it. Finessed it. <laughs> and I remember telling my team about. it. I'm like, yo, we need to get on this video shit. Mm-hmm. And I was doing Skype. I didn't know how to do Zoom. <laughs> I'm gonna get on Skype. I still have my Skype shit, my screen name, and all that. And we're gonna do these interviews. And I remember I was. Banging them out, banging them out week by week, week by week. And it got to the point where it was circulating on social media where I had cats like Khaled telling me, yo, I've been watching your interviews, man. Your shit is A1 shit. And then a week after, I have Jamie Foxx, get better soon, who's like, yo, bro, I've been watching your shit. You've been going ham. And I'm like, our shit really moving like that? I'm thinking niggas is capping. Niggas yeah. is- they say shit just to say shit. Yeah. But you realize, like, oh, my shit's on the shade room. Mm. And I was like, I think I have a knack for this. I think I'm a good writer, but I think I'm very personable, and I, that needs to be shown on person, mm-hmm. shown in person. So before the pandemic, I had already had On the Block, which was, like, probably four or five months, us doing live shit. Um, and then the pandemic came, and I did a lot of Zoom shit. And then I, my boy Jason Johnson over at Audio Mac. Shout out to my brother. He gave me a chance to have a podcast, and he gave me Beyond the Beat. And, you know, two seasons, talking to producers, got me in my bag to where we started doing Own the Label. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember the first interview we did, like, this is during COVID. 
yo, we about to fly to go see Ross at his crib at the Promised Land. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I haven't gotten in a plane since 2020, bro. Terrifying. <laughs> um, my mama, you know, old school Haitian. God. She's not with it. Oh, sick. <laughs> my mom made me triple mask, bro. Mm. So I'm like the window seat, triple mask up, flying to Atlanta. And Atlanta fucking, they on their own shit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was wild. It was. Oh, <laughs> dog. It was wild. I, this is February 2021 because ironically, the interview, I, it's in my story. Like somebody, they still reposting that interview. But when I interviewed Ross, bro, when I was there, nobody had mask on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this is peak COVID, my nigga. <laughs> I'm the only nigga at the restaurant with a mask on. I'm, am I crazy? So I'm thinking I'm wilding. But, you know, interviews like that started going viral, you know, with Ross, interviews with Gotti yeah. going viral. And this was through my brother Jason just believing in me to where we started doing conversations with the Grammys. Yeah. And that opened up that a whole hard. nother fucking door. You know, Khaled get, being the first one, Ross being the first one, I mean, being another one, Migos mm-hmm. being another one. And getting Nas and Hip Boy. That was different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was a... That was one moment in my career because nobody got them together. Mm-hmm. And I got them together live. That hit different where it's like, yo, niggas is really moving. Yeah. Like, the ceiling, there is none. Mm-hmm. We can keep this shit going. And that whole run right there kind of put the battery in my back to start the debut live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been, it's it's a journey. And, like, I think a lot of us, you know, you get on a Zoom with an artist, you mm-hmm. talk to them, and you kind of you you get that hunger. It's like... Writing is great. I love writing. Yeah. Like I tell people, I don't want to write forever. I could, but I think on camera and just in person yeah. stuff, like hosting, like mm-hmm. that's something. I think a lot of journalists feel that way as mm-hmm. well. So seeing it blossom that way for you, and I remember when I met you, it was yeah. the day BJ, the Chicago kid, came to to Billboard mm. and performed, and then you did like a live interview, and I was like, oh yeah, like this, 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 this guy's got it. Like the, damn, the, this guy's got something. Nah, thank you. And, uh, wow, that was like <laughs> pre-COVID. 2019, yeah, wow, 2019. Because my my cousin Danica used to work at, at Billboard. Shout too. out to Danica. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, killing yeah. it for the post. Yeah, yeah. she's cooking. She's cooking. Yeah, but I remember, yeah. and I saw it. I was like, oh, Carl got it. Like, cause I, I always knew you for for your pen yeah, game. Yeah. You know, like you were but Diddy's Black 100 list. Like, <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> talk about it, brother. Yeah, like, to nah. talk about that, man. Black 100, um, bro. My man's hit me up. Sent me a screenshot. He's like, yo, bro, you see this? And I I see a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that shit is. And this is 2018. And I'm like, why am I, why is that Jay-Z, Childish Gambino, Beyonce, Oprah? I know I'm the poorest nigga on this list. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are niggas like 100 million and up. And I'm probably seeing fifty five thousand at the time, yeah. but I think when I want to talk about confidence booster, that put me in a whole different stratosphere. Like, yo, people not are not only seeing what you're doing, they're appreciating it. Yeah, you know, and that gave me the hunger and drive to want to keep going. And I ended up freaking putting out a mixtape later. Yeah, and doing Bla- shut up and write. Yeah, thank you, man. And Black One Hundred was the first record I, I I dropped, and that was just me in my bag. But that. To get recognized from one of your heroes, it hits different, man. Like I, we do always look for reassurance to make yeah. sure we're doing good, but you know, Puff, I grew up on Bad Boy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that just hits different when it's one of your heroes that's giving you that kind of love and acclaim. Absolutely. I, I talked to Rob Markman a couple years ago about the journalist rapper <laughs> hybrid Rob. life. Yeah. Rob, great dude. Shout out to you, Rob. Yeah. So for you, like 
I assume, well, like, did you just start rapping a couple years ago? Or were you always doing that? I, I was always rapping. Always. Like, I, I was as a kid. Like, I still remember my first raps. Like, you think you could take me? One, two, three. Won't be that easy. My <laughs> album gonna go triple platinum. Be trash. So. <laughs> You gotta I start somewhere, my brother. <laughs> and you know, I used to freaking self-record myself and you know, engineer trash. Like I would put out mixtapes, and there was one mixtape I did like in 2011, which I actually put in some efforts called Never Looking Back. Um, but then I took a break mm -hmm. for like eight, nine years. And speaking of Rob Markman, my brother to the death, man. Um, I saw him when we were going to Wyoming for Kanye, mm. and I had never spoken to him before. And yeah, I love I'm in a grown, mature place right now because back then I was a dog, bro, in the sense that, yo, I ain't going up to that nigga. I'm better than that nigga. That's mm. how I used to think journalistically. Mm. And I am so happy because I got to remove that pride and ego, and I went up to Rob. I was like, let me just chop it up with him. One of the nicest dudes I've ever met, and, you know, I told him, bro, what you're doing on the rap side, I commend you because I have always wanted to do that mm -hmm. but i just didn't know how and i was always scared of how my peers would view me mm -hmm. and he's like bro listen if you love what you do bro fuck it put it out yeah. you know what i'm saying and do it intentionally so what i started doing after that i was like all right i'm, I'm recording and i have a couple rap homies shout out to my brother Stolly. um i sent him like voice notes of me freestyling. He's like, yo, bro, you got bars. Mm -hmm. I was like, word. He's like, yo, you should really record it. Started recording, shut up and write. And it got to the point where I was like, all right, how can I now let the public know? I just didn't want to drop a record. How can I let them know that I rap? I started doing freestyles. Yeah, I remember seeing the freestyle. I was like, oh, this ain't a call. What, what, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? I just started, like, I got a selfie stick. I placed it, and I would just start writing the beats, and I just started putting out freestyles every week and started catching some traction. Like, freaking Royce hit me up like, word, nigga? Kevin Lyles hit me up like, oh, word. <laughs> so now people are catching on, and that gave me the extra confidence where I was like, all right, you know what? I am ready to put out this tape. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think that's one of the best moments of my life, just being able to, like, push that worry and doubt out the way and do something that I was super proud of. Yeah. And it's interesting. I feel like our adjacents to rappers, like I, I used to rap with my cousins too. Like yeah. I, 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 I let those dreams go a long time ago. <laughs> I used to rap with my cousins. But it's just like, you, you'll be in the studio with people, you'll be around them. Yeah. It's like, damn, like, bro, I don't know. Like this, this rap life, it, it just seems so intriguing, the different yeah, aspects to it. But man. also the fact that we study these people, like, we study their music. We get to know them. We get to know their lifestyles. And it's like, it's it's kind of hard to not want to capture that yourself, especially doing it for Absolutely. your whole life. Like, I don't know. It just, like, it, 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 it like puts that bug in you, I guess, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. So. And that's why, like, I was so mindful of not trying to drop just anything. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, bro, we're critics. Yeah. <laughs> we're critical of rappers. I'll mm -hmm. be damned if I stepped into your arena mm -hmm. and i come with some half-ass shit right yeah so you could look at me crazy like word like take your ball and go home nigga Facts. so i wanted to make sure like my bars was a1 my beat selection was a1 my features was a1 and you know i think i was able to do that again like shout out to my brother Stolly, who like let me record the project in his crib in atlanta mm -hmm. like he trusted me that much where it's like yo you're not ass nigga come to my crib mm -hmm. and, you know my brother mickey fax 
who gave me your verse, who played me 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, what I said to him, like, back in the day when I was rapping, and he was like, nah, this shit ain't it, bro. Mm-hmm. And Rob Markman, who gave me your verse as well. Facts. Absolutely. Man, looking at your resume, looking at your career, I think a lot of people would be like, bro, what else can he do? But I, I know for you, because I think we're very similar mm-hmm. in this, like, our ambition is just like, we get hungrier. Oh, the, yeah. the more we accomplish, we Absolutely. get hungrier. So for you, like, what what else is on your list? What else do, do you want to accomplish? What arenas do you want to step into? Um, Yeah, man. I think I love music, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I'm grateful. Like, people laugh when I tell them, yo, I've been doing this for 15 years. You know what I'm saying? This is my 15th year. I started in 08. You know, and I'll always be part of the music game but yeah i mean i, I want to tap into different things i want to tap into sports mm. you know what i'm saying like me tapping back into the wwe like bro when i tell you i watch wrestlemania every day it's like this <laughs> podcast yeah, on youtube, YouTube. Yep, yeah yep. bro i every day i'm on it mm. um like i'm trying to get my wrestling knowledge back up to where yo i want to work with the wwe in some kind of capacity like yo my fucking peter rosenberg mm. That's a blueprint for that. Kaz used to work with Kaz them. fucking writing for them. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I even connected with the WWE where it was like, they got me coming to Puerto Rico next week. Oh, you going to Backlash? I'm going to Backlash. This nigga. Nah, I hate you. I'm I going to Backlash. We're we not cool no more, I'm bro. going to Backlash. <laughs> I'm actually interviewing Damian Priest on Thursday. Let's go. Yeah. So Yes, fucking go. And, and, I, and I say that because it's, it goes back to my young days where I used to try to go online to find contacts. Yeah. I randomly, after WrestleMania, I got FOMO. Because I watched, you know, Peter Rosenberg. I was like, damn, this is tough. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. I went on a WWE website. Out of, out of a whim, I saw, like, a press contact. I hit it up. I was like, hey, I want to do an interview. You know, see the correlation between music and wrestling. Snoop hosted WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Bad Bunny hosting Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yo, they got back to me the next day. That's amazing. And, yeah, Damian Priest won't talk on Thursday. But to you know, to to your point, yeah, I want to hop in different arenas. I want to do more hosting. I want to fucking I could see myself hosting like the reunion for Love Is Blind. You know what I'm saying? Like I really want to get in. Yeah, I really yeah. want to get in that entertainment bag, man. Like because I feel like I'm capable of touching different arenas, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we spoke with our last guest on the importance of longevity. What does longevity mean to you? Hmm. To be honest, longevity means to me, it's no longer like self-serving. It's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about my people. Yeah. If my people aren't good, then I'm not good. And I take that with me as an editor where it's like, yo, I take more pride in being able to see my writers come up mm-hmm. and be successful. Like, show me your squad. That lets me know, like, the success there's there, that's there. Like... I'm so grateful and appreciative of the success I've been able to obtain from the solo standpoint, but I get so much pride out of seeing cats like, you know, Mike Sapanera who... Shout out to LT, my guy. Bro, he was a freaking intern the time I was freelancing, and it was just something about him that got that white boy swag. <laughs> where I was like, yo, I think we could, we could work. And yeah. when I got put on, he was a writer where I was like, yo, I want you to be my everyday ace. Yeah. To see where he's at now, like he's my number one. If I need something, yo, Mike, because I don't, yeah, I don't even worry when it comes to edits. It's 
niggas still in the systems. Like, like that's how you know it's a different kind of vibe. But I say that to say longevity is like, show me your circle and what that looks like. And that will determine, I think, a person's success. Absolutely. That's facts, man. That's a great way to end it. Congratulations to you. Thank you, man. That's my brother. Thank you for coming through. Now, thank you, man. Yeah, man. Stay busy. <laughs> my brother out here, he young legend, man. He out here cooking, man. Thank so you, I appreciate bro. you for giving me the platform, man. Seeing young brothers like yourself out here cooking, keeping the culture alive, man. You're the reason why we're going the way we're going right now. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Tell the people where they can find you. Yo, y'all can find me at... The real CL24 on Twitter, Instagram, no TikTok. I'm too <laughs> old for that shit. Um, but yeah, man, definitely find me on those platforms, man. We'll chop it up. Yeah, of course, you can check out his writing on Billboard. Check yeah. out Debut Live. Coming uh, to season two coming this year. Season two coming. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. This man got management too, so you know he's serious. <laughs> he, he got the management contact in the IG box. Go to Drea. Don't come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Drea, man. But I can't think of a better um, episode to end our season on. Carl Lamar here, my guy, someone I've looked up to for a while, giving me great opportunities. So, listeners, hope you got something out of this. Thank you all for taking this ride with us for season four. We'll be back in the fall. We may be back sooner. I don't know. I, I, I want to. I don't want to give empty promises, but you know, but we'll definitely be back in the fall. The show, big changes coming. Um, as always, we say that every season, but you know, we want to keep growing, keep glowing, keep giving y'all fantastic content. So big changes are coming soon, but thank y'all for tapping in. Um, let us know what y'all favorite moments from this season were. Let us know what you want to see from Stay Busy. Let us know artists that we should be tapped into, people that we should be talking to. This is a show for me and for you. So for the last time, season four, we want y'all to stay safe, stay humble. Stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. I've been out in the world, staying busy. Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with the gang. Every week, tell a friend. Every week, tell a friend. Busy over everything. Busy over everything. Busy boys, how to call now? Ain't you heard? Got the vibes. Put you on. Got the slides. I'm the size. I'm the size.